0: This episode is sponsored by Hetty Roosevelt's out of Maine. They are the go-to for handcrafted edibles. Make sure to try out all their products at Hetty Roosevelt's on Instagram. I would recommend their lemonade concentrate. That shit fucked me up, but shout out Hetty Roosevelt's. Let's get back into it. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up podcast. If you don't mind hitting the like and subscribe button, we have two new episodes coming out every week. Now let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. I do appreciate you making time for this. We, uh... You've been you've given me the opportunity to be in some wicked cool places so I wanted to start off by saying I appreciate that and your time and everything. Mm-hmm. We um it was cool seeing you perform in Portland, Maine though. I feel like that was your best performance.
1: I was still sick, man. I'm fucking sick this whole fucking tour, but just now starting to feel better.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's affecting your performance, or do you, you said it was like Yeah, I mean, because you just don't have that much energy, but I just be pretty
1: much spending the whole day to feel better, Then by the time I feel good enough to do the show, it's time to do the show. Then do the show, then back to feeling like shit for the next fucking 12 hours. Do you still enjoy tour life? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been touring in so long, so it's just good to be back. I was just different now being all sober and shit. I guess it's easier, to be honest, because I was just making shit harder on myself. Haven't been nervous at anything, to be
0: honest. So it kind of been easier. How long were you, like, uh, fucked up for? What do you mean? Like, how long do you feel like it was, like, a problem?
1: I mean, it just got worse during COVID, probably like everybody else. But yeah. it's still, I mean, it was always bad, but COVID just amped everything
0: up. Does it make you feel happier out of it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just less stress. I mean, I thought, you know, you think you're making shit easier, but just making shit harder, to be honest.
0: Yeah. That is tough. We, like, do the, uh, I do this, like, the short-term thing. hmm But then it affects the long-term thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: You don't think it's about, like... It's just quick fixes. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a gunshot wound. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: What pulled the, uh, what pulled the cord for you?
1: I mean, it's been, it been time for a long time. I just didn't know, know how to go about it. You know, What were your first steps? I mean, you always just asking for help. Just seeking out the help and just figuring out the process, what I got to, to do to do the shit, you know?
0: Yeah. And you said this the other day, you have to, like, want it yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I've been trying I one for a long time. You just don't know how to get out of that endless loop, you know? Yeah. Because getting fucked up, especially with drinking, you know, you get that hangover. Then it's like the hair of the dog situation. Have a drink to feel better, then you drink, and then, but you know what, you drunk again. Then it's just like an endless loop. You can't get out of.
0: And you want to enjoy what you're doing, and you want to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. Uh, someone said it to me like, a, like a surgeon doesn't get to like celebrate after a surgery. No, He's gotta it's like, the next one. Exactly, they gotta go to bed, wake up that next day, and do that shit. I think, did the podcast affect that at all? Yeah, definitely, to be able to see it back. Yeah. you know, So I can attribute
1: a lot of that shit to that.
0: It's tough for me to watch the podcast back when I'm fucked up, and I think that really affects me. Mm -hmm. It's tough for me to watch the podcast back at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how I am with music, though. Like, I make a song, I don't want to listen to that shit no more.
0: Is it different with performing it? What do you mean? You don't want to listen to it, but you have to perform, like, the same songs every night.
1: I mean, once you know it, you know it. So it ain't like I got to listen to it to learn it. It's just being a little rusty. Do a couple um,
0: rehearsals, then I'll be good. But you don't mind, like, those songs are ones that you're like, I don't mind listening to. The Peggy songs? Any of them. You do solo songs, too. Yeah, but I don't listen to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the
1: Peggy ones I do because I still, it's fairly new. So, and then, you know, it's working with. Somebody else is kind of different because you know I might catch some of his bars, but I ain't catch them all. And sometimes listening back and be like, Oh shit, this is this nigga said, you know what I'm saying?
0: Did you make that old album sober or were you still? No, I was
1: fucked up the whole album.
0: Is that weird going back and performing
1: that shit? No,
0: because it's still a part of the story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to start off too by asking you about. I think it's one of the coolest stories you ever told me was about the Alchemist track. What about it? About how it came together, how you recorded that shit, which is very different than you now, but. Oh, when I was off acid? <laughs> yeah, with
1: Liz. Yeah, I was just, just took a bunch of acid that day and pretty much just freestyled that shit. I didn't know really what I was doing. It just was like, we had beats and shit. I mean, Al had just sent me that pack. So we were just going through them and then. Just one line turned to four, four turned to eight, eight turned to 16. With the song was done. It literally happened so quick. But yeah, I generally don't like fucking freestyling songs. Because even now, they're like, can you write the lyrics out? But I'm like, man, I don't know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I can just listen to it to fucking, you know, write them out. But usually I just have them written somewhere, you know? Yeah. So I, that's the only lyrics probably won't be turned in. I don't even feel like listening to him to fucking
0: turn it in. Why do we, as creatives, hate what we create or just want to keep doing it? And not I don't work?
1: hate it. I just move on to the next. When it's just like going back in the past, you know? Yeah. It's, music to me is almost like therapy. So it's like, you know, like reliving old wounds type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. once I did it, it's like I moved on past that. I'm on to something new already so i ain't trying to even go back in the past
0: but isn't creation like an itch
1: yeah definitely i mean for me it's a it's an inspiration it got to start from an idea from inspiration I, I can't say i wake up with like the itch of like i want to make some shit i want to make some shit it's more so doing living life doing shit and then before you know it, something inspires something to make you want to do some shit you know what i'm saying
0: yeah but if you let it go too long that's when the itch sets in no,
1: when I let it go too long, it's like a build-up. And then mm. it starts to come out crazier, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah.
1: Like, that's why I don't like fucking making music every day or, you know, working on shit every day. I like trying to just living, And then it just eventually that bug, like you say, that itch or whatever comes, and then I probably work on some shit for a long-ass time, but then I get a lot of shit done in that small window, you know? Yeah. Versus me just chipping at it every day you know what i'm saying
0: yeah it's why you don't have like a ton of albums out but you have a lot of material out like how you can do the podcast too Mm-hmm. it's not like you're focusing everything to burn yourself out on one yeah and
1: then i get inspired by different shit to do different shit you know like podcast is you know one thing music is another thing you know producing just a lot of different shit you know what i'm saying yeah even with clothes and shit you know
0: yeah, just being yourself.
1: Yeah, all of it is art to me in some sense, you know?
0: Do you not get, like, writer's block? Like, can you find your muse easily?
1: I used to. I mean, I, I used to get writer's block all the time. But I feel like now it's just an excuse, you know? I feel like when you... If you're writing something that's true to you, then it could never be a writer's block. You only get writer's block when you're trying too hard to be something, trying to be dope, trying to write some ill shit like damn it's not ill enough you know but if you always just rapping about what you're going through or you know rapping about life you know what i'm saying it can't be a writer's block because it's all it's so much content from that it's just all about finding that you know finding that topic or finding that finding that window but i feel like you can write yourself out of a writer's block just actually just do it yeah you know what i'm saying because a lot of times i would be like i don't feel like writing or i I don't really feel like doing it and that'd be my best shit yeah you know what i'm saying
0: that's why you fuck with people like certified trapper because you can tell they're just doing it
1: yeah in that sense, i just like certified trapper because you could he's original there ain't nobody like him i think i get i get um drawn to people that are not caught up in the trends or not you know trying mm. to make the radio head, uh, you know, he's just an expression of himself, so.
0: Like all the bruisers? Yeah, for the most part. Like Z, like Wolf, Mm -hmm. like. How'd you first hear about Wolf?
1: I got up on Wolf through Fat Ray. He did a song with Fat Ray, and then um, they performed at um, Bruiser Thanksgiving. That was my first time meeting him. And just kicking it with him, and I was just seeing he was a good person, you know?
0: Yeah, he's like a dad.
1: I was like, shit, whatever. Whatever you need me to do to help, I'm down to help. And we just started rocking ever since.
0: Yeah, he's like, but I feel like you're like a good person. Like, I feel like people's perception of you is probably different than who you really are.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I let people see what I want them to see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's probably why a lot of times I used to be so fucked up, because it was pretty much like putting a mask on. Yeah. You know, instead of letting people see the real me. But now I ain't got no choice, you know.
0: Do you feel like you had to play into the like wild character? No,
1: because that was a part of who I was. So it wasn't really necessarily a character, but, but like it's the mask. time and place for that shit too, though. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot of times where I didn't need to have that character or whatever the fuck out. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's almost like the mask. Once you put it on, you can't put that motherfucker back. Type shit. You know?
0: Do you feel like? I know you're not long into sobriety, but do you feel like you've been able to like find who the real you is again?
1: I always knew who the real me was, in that sense. Like, I've lived enough. I'm 42 years old, so if you ain't found yourself by 42, you fuck, fucked up, you know? <laughs> but I always knew who it was. I just, you know, like I said, it was just an endless loop. I mean, a lot of people don't know why they get fucked up. I didn't know why. And then you got all this underlying trauma and so much shit you probably been through in your childhood and shit and just trying to escape shit. So once you get like therapy and see a psychiatrist and all that, for me the best was like a spiritual advisor doing that shit.
0: Mm. So
1: once you go through all that shit, then you realize where it come from. And you're able to, you know, solve the root of the problem.
0: What did the spiritual advisor do?
1: I mean, just pretty much just tapping into who you really are. Because you can be who you want to be. In that sense, but it's like who you really are, because everything you go through makes up who you are. Just talking to her, and then also just being able to have that spiritual awareness, you know, mm-hmm. of believing in higher powers, and you know, because a lot of this shit, you don't we don't really know how this shit happened. You know, us meeting, you don't know how it happened, but it's all a fucking timeline for everybody. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Do you? All right, this is like a weird conspiracy I think about. You're talking about like childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. You know how everyone loves like nostalgia from their childhood? Like, that's why all the remakes are coming out, everything. Yeah. I think it's because we are all very fucked up. And the only good things we remember are like the movies we enjoyed or like going to Disney or seeing like a Disney movie, you know? So they can bring that back to make you like enjoy your childhood, which you're actually hiding from the shit that actually happened.
1: Mm hmm. No, I can agree with that.
0: I can see that. It's like a Disney adult. Yeah. You know true. those Disney adults? And it's just
1: comforting for people. It's comfort to do something that you already enjoyed instead of charting new land.
0: Yeah, exactly. Know? It's like, ooh. That,
1: anything you do is new is, in some sense, uncomfortable. And a lot of people just want to be comfortable, you know?
0: I'm uncomfortable most of the time. I think that a lot of people are,
1: to be honest. But just, it's comfort in being uncomfortable. That's what I learned yeah you know when you're too comfortable to me when I'm too comfortable and everything's going too good that's when I get that's when my anxiety starts to take off and my brain starts to race I'm like shit's going so good something's bad eventually gonna happen but if I'm always uncomfortable I'm never being able to be set in my ways in some sense because shit's always going on so I feel like I'm able to not you know think so much about my problems and and worrying about impending doom when I'm uncomfortable, cause shit is always moving, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm comfortable in being
0: uncomfortable, to be honest. Yeah, because when I'm moving, like when I'm pushing forward, I don't have to think about like yeah. life or who I am. Yeah. It's like it's the the you,
1: flow state. So when you're comfortable in sitting back and thinking too much, you know.
0: Yeah. And that's what COVID did, Yeah, is made you have to, made what, not you, but made people have to sit back and really think about this shit. Mm -hmm. I started this over COVID because I was in such a dark place, I needed to just talk to people about, like, how they handled it, you know? And from that, I learned that everyone's uncomfortable. It's either you deal with it or you don't.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you still deal with the anxiety? Like, do you still feel that?
1: Yeah, I was on a lot of medications and shit, and I got out of rehab and shit. I pretty much just got off it now. But now, for the most part, man, it's just, um, you know, it's like the serenity prayer, you know?
0: What's the serenity prayer? Uh,
1: grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, so it's like a lot of shit you can't, you have no control over, so why fucking stress yourself out about it? You know, everything's going to happen for a reason. Some of the worst shit you've possibly been through in your life at that time, you look back, you're like, that was fucked up. But then you realize how good it was for you. So I just never let myself get down on that kind of shit now, you know?
0: Mhm. How long into rehab did it take, like, did you feel like, oh, I'm doing the right thing? When I
1: first got there. I knew I was doing the right thing, but I guess for me to just be settled in and to have that feeling of I wish I'd done this shit a long time ago, maybe like two weeks. Because it wasn't as bad as I I thought it would be, you know. The only thing I can compare it to is, like, going to jail. And it was not jail at all, you know. It was was helpful.
0: What was it like? Because I do think the connotations of it are bad when you think about, like, what rehab is. No, it was
1: great, to be honest. I mean, you know. Because you're around a lot of people that's going through fucked up shit, you know? And in some sense, I'm not trying to like, I mean, you know, where you'd be like, shit, I ain't, I'm fucked up, but I ain't that fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you can see other people that's way worse off kind of shit. Not saying that give me, you know, made me feel good or anything, but, you know, you see everybody struggling and on the path to try to get they self right, so. And then it's just a lot, a, a support system in that sense, you know? Yeah. Being in the world and being in the streets with, you know, your homies or whatever, everybody's still doing their thing. It might be harder for you to be able to, you know, get yourself clean and shit. But when you're around a whole bunch of people that's trying to do the same thing you are, it was kind of encouraging. And then you're around people that've been through it before, you know? So, I mean, I had I had
0: fun to be honest. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was a good good getaway.
0: You were you were how long were you in? I was in, what, well, it was a month. A month? Mm-hmm. Did people know who you were? Yeah.
1: Is that tough? Up. Yeah, it was fucked up. But it was cool too, though. Because then it gave them the, you know, like, damn, this motherfucker here kind of thing. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Like, so it was like. But that's tough because you can't kind of like go fully away. Yeah, I mean, I could You can't like go away and then re-, re some, I re, couldn't be
1: as open as I wanted to be in some sense mm-hmm. like going to meetings and shit and sitting around telling all your business and shit like that so I was a little sheltered in that sense but for the most part they did their job to you know give me a lot of one-on-one time with people and you know I had a couple of special privileges here and there you know so they they were very, very um helpful in that sense but you know but yeah it, it sucked sometimes being around people you know
0: were you worried about coming on tour
1: At first, but since we've been doing it, it's been a breeze.
0: Yeah, I want to say in the main, that was like the chillest green room ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Peggy was smoking a bowl in the corner, drank drank one glass of champagne. That Mm -hmm. was chill as fuck. Yeah, Peggy, my boy.
1: And you know, like when I first got out of rehab, Peggy was coming, I mean the hardest part was not smoking weed because I didn't have any intentions on not smoking weed. I went for drinking, you know, and drugs and shit. So and I was always gonna be like, man, I'm gonna smoke. I'm still gonna smoke when I get out and shit. But, you know, once I got so many days on the, it's it was like, I know it's just, you know, you start to realize, you know, that could, I, that could be a gateway in some sense too. Yeah. But when I got home, you know, and I was in there, I was good. I wasn't thinking about no weed or nothing like that. But then when I got home, I couldn't sleep. It was because it started to affect me. Like everything I did, at home revolved around weed in some sense, which is some druggy shit too, you know, like playing video games or even just making music, so it took me a while to fucking get my bearings back with just being able to do normal shit without smoking weed, yeah, and you know Peggy will pull up and and the one thing they teach you you don't want people to try to change who they are just because you changing who you are, you know. Mm-hmm. So people would be like, man, I don't want to smoke around me or drink around me. But that's that, when you do that, you just make the problem worse for the other person, to be honest. so I wanted him to smoke and still be able to do what he want to do. So, you know, just being around him and, you know, it was like go towards the roar type of situation. Because they teach you that, you know, like um, when lions hunt gazelles and shit, one will roar and the gazelle will run the opposite way of the roar and run into a pack. So they tell you, like, you got to go toward the roar, like, make, be around motherfuckers drinking, be around motherfuckers smoking, Do you just, you know, because if you just not around it and escape from it, you do that for a long period of time, then finally when you're around it, you might yeah. slip up, you know? Yeah, so, it's like, like... Being fresh out, you know, you're still fresh, you know, you still new, so to just acclimate yourself to being around that shit, so... Peggy was like, I would think I was probably home like three days and Peggy pulled up and he was smoking and shit and all that. It
0: was cool. Who else were big supports for you? What do you mean? Like I who? Mean everybody around me was a big support.
1: You know, all my friends, family, shit like
0: that, my girl. Yeah. I feel like going back to that thing, it's like depression, you know, like when you're sad and you want to push everyone else away, but then it just makes you feel more alone.
1: Definitely. But I wasn't, like, depressed or nothing after rehab. I was more happy than anything. Anything, all my depression and anxiety and shit, all that shit was drug-induced, alcohol-induced in some sense, you know? Because it really had nothing to worry about. you just creating the problems for yourself doing that shit, you know? How does it affect your creative output? I mean, you think it helps it, like drugs and shit and all that shit, but now that shit is just in you
0: if it's in you, you know? I mean, since you came out, like, have you been, how does... Yeah, you... It's it's been ramped up, to be honest. You got this whole, produ- Sky's making beats <laughs> as we're doing this. You got a whole studio set up in this hotel room. Because now I need hobbies now. I mean, not mm-hmm. hobbies,
1: because it's my job in some sense,
0: but before we be,
1: you know, you're on the road, you have so much downtime and, you, you know, days off and shit, I'll be getting fucked up them days, you know? Now, that's not a part of my life anymore, so... I have to do shit to, um, you know, I have to use my time wisely in that sense. Yeah. So try to keep, you know, production shit with me or playing video games and shit, you know. Yeah. For the most part, you know,
0: try not to be online as much. Is that a hard thing to balance when you only want to create when you want to create but also staying busy? What do you mean? You said you only want to create music like when you want to create music. But you also yeah, have but to stay busy with hobbies.
1: See, the thing is, when I'm, I mean, like you know, when you're at home, you dealing with a lot of life. On a on road, it's like I say, it's so much free time. And you're not doing shit. So, and then just you created in in not a comfortable place. Like we in hotel rooms setting shit up. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different vibe. Like when I'm at home, I could be trying to fuck around with music. Then I got to deal with my dogs, deal with my girl. You know, so much shit. I'm comfortable. I'm at home. So it's like you know. I guess that's why a lot of people like going to the studio because it gives them that work ethic. But I don't like studios, you know. So just being in a hotel room, set some shit up, wake up, I ain't got shit to do. Just fuck around, you know, see what happens.
0: Do you miss doing the podcast? Fuck no.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's my job, you know. Yeah, That's work. Is that what it feels
0: like to you? I mean, that's what it is. It's my job. You know? Yeah, but you don't think music's your job. You don't think like touring's your job. Yeah,
1: all of it's my job. So I don't want to just do this <laughs> shit. I yeah. get paid to do
0: it, so yeah. You know, it's my job. That's like you know working for free and shit. You know. Well, then what? What brings you happiness? What What do you have fun doing?
1: What do I have fun doing? Sleeping. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean. I mean, at the end, at 42 years old, the party is over. The fun is over. I had my fun. So I'm not really concerned with having fun.
0: You don't think you can have fun doing other shit? Like, finding I, hobbies? I have fun
1: doing shows. I have fun making music. My job is fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. But it's still a job, you know? I mean, if you don't look at it as a job, then you're not going, you know, you have to take it serious, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, my job, all that shit is fun for me. So, that, yeah, working is fun. In that sense, I'm, I'm lucky. A lot of people don't have that, you know, where they love what they do. You know, some people got to get up, go to an office, or go fucking, you know, do real hard labor. So all my hobbies became my jobs in that sense, you know. But isn't that hard then? No, that's great. That's the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh-huh.
0: don't you want something that you can be off? doing like what is that like video games like you have the your like video games is something you can enjoy
1: i mean video games to me is just you know like a person some people you know watch movies or tv shows and shit like that i get that same enjoyment out of video games i only play like rpgs and shit that have deep storylines
0: i've been playing that hogwarts game
1: yeah and shit like that i don't play it because it's transphobic Mm. <laughs>
0: There's a trans person in the Hogwarts game tried to be woke
1: <laughs> What are you playing? Uh, I've been playing The Witcher Because I never finished it And I've just been You know I really love cyberpunk And just CD, CDR project games and shit So just playing them Yeah, yeah.
0: I couldn't get into cyberpunk I wanted to but it great. I
1: couldn't It's really great
0: I loved Witcher, mm-hmm. and I don't even usually like like uh, like, fair, like fantasy games.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, Cyberpunk is great. I'm mean, that's I love Cyberpunk. Is that like
0: I couldn't get? Yeah, no, I I'm couldn't waiting get on the DLC.
1: no, nah, I can't
0: wait till that shit come out. It was so fucked up. I, I I think it did fuck me up with the oh I'll just wait to play it, and then mm-hmm. I waited to play it so long that it. Now just was, and now
1: is the best time to play it to be honest, because they fixed all the bugs and shit.
0: You like the story games? Yeah. What's your favorite game you've ever played?
1: Uh, Persona. I've never played a JRPG. All the Personas, all the Atlas games and shit like that.
0: I feel like that's a real-time commitment. Yeah,
1: 100 hours. (laughs) What's the story? What's Persona about? I mean, you know, it's about some... I mean, the actual, you know, the whole shit is about, like, you know, these, these kids. I mean, to me, it's, like, all about... They... You know, you get these different powers and shit and you become something that you're not and they can pull out their personas it's like they superhero that's inside of them mm. to fight these enemies and shit like that and these other and it's, it's, it could be like normal people but their personas are like evil people in that sense and then they go into this like underworld like a like a, a different timeline like a simulation when they go inside this world and they can see the people who they really are it's kind of like some it's some deep ass shit to be honest
0: yeah, see, that's, that, now I fuck with it. Now mm-hmm. I understand, because that's what we were talking about. Yeah, shit. and then they
1: can, you know, create different personas and combine them to make other ones and shit like that, you know? Yeah.
0: I don't mean to get all, like, back on the deep shit, but I do want to hear, like, you said you're 42. You said the party's over. Like, you yeah. said the mask is off. Like, who do you feel like you are now? I mean, I'm I'm who I always was supposed to be, What out the drugs and
1: hiding that shit, you know? A creative? Yeah, I wouldn't say that's, that's what makes me in that sense. I mean, I'm a creative person. That's just who I am, but that doesn't defy me, you know? Even if it wasn't no music or no fucking, you know, I still think I'd be a cool person without that shit. Because you you're yourself. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just the most part of it. It's just a lot of people don't like who they are. And, you know, that's probably where a lot of the drugging and drinking would come from to try to become the person that they like to be. You know, I just had to realize that to me, it was almost I felt like I was funner or I was funnier being fucked up. But I realized that that's just in me. That's just who I am. It ain't even, you know, yeah, high or sober. It ain't going that's not going to change, you know. Yeah, there's anything it just makes it bigger. And sometimes bigger
0: ain't always better, you know. That's a, I think a problem with weed for me is I'm a loud person, I'm a big person, and I smoke to like try to make myself smaller. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you're making yourself smaller, and then you feel that anxiety of making yourself smaller. Yeah.
1: Why does weed is getting weird
0: now? Is fentanyl in weed? <laughs> weed is too strong now. It's just getting is too there weird. actually fentanyl in weed? That's what they say. Yeah, but I feel I, no, like I've seen that...
1: like a documentary of motherfuckers just fucking with the weed and shit, and You in like Mexico how do it. and shit. But no, I think uh, for me, weed was like you know when I was a teenager, smoke weed and laugh and joke and get the munchies and shit. Now this weed you smoke, motherfuckers just get quiet. Yeah, <laughs> just get introspective. Just get fucking yeah. like you damn near doing heroin at that point. How old were you when you first smoked? Like twelve. I didn't start smoking every day till I was like 16, 17, 18, around that range.
0: Did you get high the first time? Hey, yeah, so? I got fucked up. What happened? It just was, it was stupid. <laughs> it was, it was dumb, to be honest. Do you wish you never did
1: it? I mean, weed was always a part of my mom smoke weed my whole life. It was always just a part of my life. So, I mean, when you're around it like that, eventually you're going to fucking experiment one day, you know?
0: Yeah. I, had, I saw, like, a weed arrest in my family, young. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start smoking until, like, later in life. And I think that almost, I don't know. Because then I was like, it's not that bad, yeah, you know? But then you kind of, you abuse it because I like to live life to the fullest, you know? It just becomes a crutch, you
1: mm-hmm. know? Sometimes you need to live in boredom because then it, you know, make your ass do something. Yeah, With weed, you can just always rely on that crutch, like, oh, I ain't got shit to do, I'm bored. And smoke, and smoke, you know? but so you know what you
0: done pass the days doing shit, you know? Do you ever wish you were normal?
1: I am normal, what do you mean?
0: That you were just like <laughs> a nobody, like that you were a nobody, that you were just like... Nah,
1: because if that was the case, I would, you know what I'm saying? We worked so hard to not be a mm-hmm. nobody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the case, yeah, I would I would have been comfortable with that, and I wasn't comfortable with that.
0: When did you know? What, that I wasn't normal? Yeah, that this was going to be more, that you were going to be more.
1: I mean, it kind of was always like that, to be honest. Like, I was always, like, kind of cool in school and shit, you know? Like, I was always, like, popular and shit, and, like, dressed really good and shit. So I don't know. It was kind of like I was always training myself for this as a child. So by the time it happened, even when, like, selling drugs and shit, you know, so by the time it was, it was almost like it was, I wasn't doing anything that was new or get, getting attention the way I was getting it, it wasn't really like, like you know, some people just like super nerds or just lames and shit and then they become like this crazy celebrity or something then they just get the big head and go crazy. It never was like that to me. If anything, I was getting fucked up to not to try to just be normal. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I was always I was cool as fuck sober. Yeah, <laughs> I would to said like that, but it's the truth.
0: <laughs> but also that like you grinded and you grinded longer than like you really committed. Yeah, like, but because like, it was what? nothing
1: else. You're it n- was it was all or nothing for me. Like you know. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to be. Like, I wasn't comfortable with, like I said, I wasn't comfortable with just being normal. Like, in my 20s and shit, and not having no money and being fucked up, and that that would make you normal, because I couldn't do the shit I wanted to do. I couldn't wear the clothes I wanted to wear, so it was almost like, you know, sit this one out (laughs) until you're able to get your shit together, and you
0: know. But you stuck with it. That's why, like, not for nothing, but, like, it was nothing, 30 was... You were 30, I mean, you know? not
1: sticking with it is a part of my life. Like, it was nothing to stick with. It's who I am. That's, Without all this shit, I still would be rapping and doing music and shit,
0: you know? I hope you know that when I say all this stuff, I do mean it for people listening. Oh. You kind of either know or you don't. Yeah. And I think people need to really have that mentality. I'm fucking...
1: I mean, I wouldn't tell people, you know how some people be telling people, like, quit your job and go all in, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, you know, because at the end of the day, it's still, it's almost like one of those kind of things where it's like, if, you, if all you want out of this shit is money, you'll never get money out of this shit, you know. For me, it was always just a desire to learn as much as possible and get, be- get better as I possibly can, get. you know, be the best version Of myself musically as I possibly can. So to me, I always just looked at it like, as long as I know I'm doing something good, I'm getting better. And eventually the people will listen and everything else will catch up with itself. So, you know? Yeah. But you knew. You knew that. Yeah, as a fan. Like a lot of people don't really love what they do. You know, I really love rap. I'm really, I would walk miles just to get a Source magazine. You know? I would walk miles just to buy a new tape. You know, a lot of people don't have that same drive in it. So I love this. a part of my It was a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for me more so than it is, you know, a monetary gain, you know. So like I say, without money or without it, I would still be doing it regardless of what.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel that. So like
1: you said, I mean, you like stick with it. It was nothing to, st- I can't stick. It's just a part of my life. I'm going to do it regardless, you know. Yeah. Sticking with it is like, man, I'm doing it. But it's, if I don't make no money out of it, if it's nothing happened around this time, no, quit. Like, it wasn't no quitting for me. You know what I'm saying? It's not a it's not no
0: quit in me with that shit, you know? But I think that's a hard thing for people to realize that that's what you need.
1: I mean, it just, just was in me. Like, I never learned how to rap, I never had the conversation with myself of, like, I'm gonna be a rapper. I'm gonna try to be a rapper, you know?
0: When did that happen?
1: I never had that conversation with myself. No, oh, yeah. But yeah. when
0: When did you, like, what was that moment that your brain clicked on? I was like, I'm going to just do this shit.
1: I mean, first time I rap was in kindergarten and just seeing the intention I got from it and, and, and just having the support of people being like, damn, you're actually good. Mm-hmm. And my family, like, even, like, my dad always bought me the newest CDs of tapes that came out, like, shit I didn't even know, like, you know. I mean, I have fairly young parents, so I think that has a lot to do with it, you know? Yeah. So, or always just trying to buy me, like, little studio equipment and shit like that, you know? So, it was like I have supportive parents in that sense. So, when you got shit like that around you and everybody telling you you're good at it, I guess that would give you the drive to do it, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> I wasn't, like, the person, like, if I was to go to, like, a new school, I wouldn't tell people I rapped. I wouldn't even mention it. It had to be something like, I'd have to see somebody else rap and it had to be sucking. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> Show me that? how this shit really done type shit. You know, like when I was in jail, I didn't rap in jail. It just eventually seeing somebody rap and be like, I'm tired of this motherfucker rapping. and then, You know, i a rap, you know? And then motherfuckers be like, oh shit. And then you can instantly see people's perception of me change instantly, you know? Yeah. So I, I think wasn't that like walking around telling people, like, you
0: know, I'm going to be a rapper or this and that. I never was like that. Well, you either are or you aren't. Like, that's why, like, I love music more than anything, but I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. I'm a comedian. Like, I don't know why, but that's just how life is mm-hmm. handed like, it out to comedy. me. I love comedy.
1: Like, you know, that was like my second love. Like, even if it could be embarrassing, like, when I was, you know, when you'd be in school and, like, what you want to be when you grow up, I'd say a rapper and everybody would laugh at me. So eventually, I just started saying I I wanted to be a comedian. Did you? Yeah, just so people wouldn't (laughs) laugh at me.
0: (laughs) That's actually pretty funny right there.
1: Because, you know, (laughs) back then, as a kid, everybody like, I want to be in the NFL. I want to be an NBA player. Yeah. And I'd be like, I want to be a rapper. And people like, that's not a job. That's not like a, you know. Even my teachers are discouraged.
0: But but to you, comedian
1: was a real job. I mean, I guess in some sense. Because, you know, that was the time of, like, Eddie Murphy Raw and so you you seen like, you know, like rap wasn't on TV all the time back then. Yeah. You had to like that shit and buy tapes and shit like that. But comedians, you know, they have fucking comic relief and shit, you know, fucking live aid and shit like that, you know?
0: That's so funny because to me, rap, because I'm, I'm 25, so rap is super easily accessible. It was but the, comedy wasn't because was comedy went away. When I was
1: in elementary, you know? I wasn't. It was more comedy being pushed to the forefront than music was.
0: But you never actually wanted to be a comedian? like Yeah, definitely.
1: But it was I, I spent so much time being a rapper, it was almost like I didn't put no time into that. But I didn't even know where to start with comedy, you know? But you didn't know where to start with rap either. But I just knew how to do that shit, you know? Telling a joke is kind of like... And you almost have to live life, too, in some sense. Like, anybody can be funny at a family reunion, but... tell like real smart thought-provoking jokes and shit that shit comes with maturity and living life and you know having stories to tell you know yeah it's
0: tough for people to want to listen to me i'm 25 you know (laughs) what i mean like that's why most young comedians are 30 to 40. you know i just don't want to be fucking telling sex jokes and humping a stool you know (laughs) do you still write do you write comedy at all Um. Or just write stories?
1: For the most part, like you know, certain shit, if I come across something funny, I'll just write it down and just have like that premise. Mm-hmm. And then when it's you know, you know, eventually it just stuck up and then I could just riff on it. But for the most part just sitting around writing out a joke, I still don't I still can't grasp the concept of it, you know. Have you tried? Yeah. I mean for the most part I kinda understand it in some sense. I mean the way I kinda understood, you know, for me it'd be like, you know, like I have that premise. And just write as much as I can to it until eventually something sticks out and makes itself funny and be able to come, you know. But for the most part, it's like stories and shit with me, you know.
0: Yeah. And you did like five minutes at Red Rocks and
1: killed. Yeah, but eventually it just, it's almost like writing raps too, though, you know. Like, because most of my raps I couldn't start from a punchline. So it's almost like it's in reverse with rap. Like the punchline is first and then I'm, filling and everything else in where with comedy is like you know I can have a funny premise but I don't know how to get to the punchline of that
0: yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying but a lot of comedians like freestyle in the way that like they don't write it down mm-hmm. like you don't sit down and write you just like work it out in your head
1: and then for me it's like I I've, I've been you know doing live shows and I've been you know booed off stage and been through all that heartache of you know not performing well and I know that's what it takes in comedy, too. I don't want to start that process over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like What's the I've worst bomb? Past, yeah, I've made it past bombing and shit, you know, with what I'm doing now, why I put myself back through that
0: torture. What's the worst bomb you've ever had? What, music? Yeah, I mean,
1: it wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't consider it to be bombs. It just was opening for people that didn't really, you know, kind of make the same kind of music I did, so... When it's something that drastically different from the headliner, you know, people could be like, I'm "Just, I'm here to see this motherfucker. Why is this motherfucker here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: That kind of shit. But you can't really bomb in music like you bomb in comedy. I mean, you can,
1: you know, but like technical issues and, you know, somebody throws
0: some shit at you or some shit, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I saw that Playboy Cardi Rico nasty shit. Yeah. Where people were throwing shit yeah, at you. Yeah, I've been felt- through,
1: that's what I'm saying. I've been through shit like that. But to me, that was kind of lame because I feel like if any fan base she could relate to, it would be that.
0: Literally. Know? She's an amazing artist. Like, why would you? Ha- and she has that whole,
1: you know, punk aesthetic that, you know, that crowd is into, that whole raid scene. Yeah. She was kind of like doing that shit before Cardi and them, to be honest, you know?
0: Yeah. I couldn't believe how crazy the mosh pits were at your show. Yeah. That I mean, shit yeah, was I don't cool. ask for that shit. You know? no you're not like open up the pit yeah, you're don't don't not that like shit. that's <laughs> lame to me when people do that because
1: a lot of people music i mean the music gonna make people do what they want to do so <laughs> i feel like if the music calls for that then people would do it you know you're telling people to open up the pit then you're doing some auto tune song
0: <laughs> that's not, I about. love Baby Tron, but I don't, why are you moshing to Baby Tron yeah, music? That's not mosh pit music. <laughs> that's not mosh pit <laughs> music. <laughs> My dad was like a death metal guy, so you like know? he would yeah. bring me to concerts that it would literally be like... Oh, I think oh, the kids, okay. just they just think that's
1: what a turnt up show is. Mm-hmm. And it started with Our Future, when you think about it, and Our Future got it from Trash Talk, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, and you got to think these kids grew up seeing that, so they think that's what a turned up show is. To me, a turned up show is the motherfucker that can perform a slow ass song or, and the crowd is just, you got the undivided attention. Like, they don't care what you do. They're locked in, you know? A motherfucker jumping around and they ain't even paying attention to the show. It's like they having their own show inside of your show. Yeah. You know?
0: Who are the best performers you've seen? Mm. Doesn't have to be rap. I mean, it probably
1: wouldn't be rap, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, that's a hard one. Um, P-Money was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. He's a grime artist from the UK. i seen him, like, years ago. And I, mean, I was a fan of him before I saw him, but seeing him live, he blew my fucking mind. So, yeah, I would say that one of the best rap shows I've seen was P-Money. Wow, mm-hmm.
0: and that's not even like a like a super known.
1: I mean, I, I guess in the UK he is. Yeah, yeah. But he was just like he was just up there. They was just running beats, and he was just bodying them. It wasn't even like he was taking a breath, you know. But I watched like a lot of old live footage of shows and shit, so mm-hmm. I can say, you know, I've seen a lot of good shows. Right now, I'm really into this band called the Bobby Lees.
0: The Bobby Lee, no mm-hmm. relation to the comedian. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the Bobby I Lee? I love
1: watching their shows on YouTube. They're dope as fuck. What are they like? Um, I would, I mean, I can compare it to like some garage rock type shit, almost mm-hmm. like the Stripes in some sense, but okay, you know, the lead singer writes incredible songs, very heady very like thought-provoking shit and, and I just love bands where every musician is top tier like you can't pick who you like the best like the drummer is top tier the bass is top tier the guitar is the lead you know what I'm saying the mm-hmm. songwriter top tier so you can always go back and listen to those songs and figure out what you want to pay attention to so it always requires multiple listens like I'm just gonna listen to the bass line this time I'm just yeah to the, you know what I'm saying and when I do that with their music, every one is just fucking crazy. I mean, I'm really into um, Naya Archives, who's like the queen of jungle right now. I watch her boiler room sets a lot. I like that I I getting real inspired off that shit.
0: It's funny. Um, like I feel like rap is like comedy where it's one person, mm-hmm. but like a band is like a mo- comedy movie. You yeah. know, where it's like you have all the creative juices all together. hmm yeah,
1: I, I would say, yeah. I would say right now, I would, I, I can't, I would want to see those guys live, Now Archives and Bobby Lee's. You ever played with a live band? Yeah, we did it on this tour. We're doing it in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn.
0: Well, how many pieces?
1: I think it's a keyboardist, drummer, bassist, lead guitar.
0: Are you going to make another project? What do you mean? Uh, with, with Peggy? I mean, I hope so. Yeah.
1: I mean, I thought, I mean, we... It' been great to been working on some shit now but he's been so busy like because even on the days off he has festival shows and shit so just really hasn't really got no time in but
0: yeah whenever he ready i'm ready do you feel that itch now to create or are you in off time
1: i would say like i said it's not necessarily Itch for the most part i mean it's just now being sober and shit like i say it seems like i got more time in the day than I did before and you just can't sit around doing nothing like it, it, I get guilty I feel guilty like before I would just smoke a blunt mm-hmm. have a drink or something you know but now I feel guilty when I'm just sitting around not doing nothing
0: you know yeah and we did you do that to alleviate that guilt because yeah. you're like at least I'm doing something yeah. at least I'll take some so time so now it's,
1: even if it's I don't even have to necessarily have the intentions on um making music or like, I can sit down in front of the drum machine, maybe come up with a melody or something. I don't got to finish the beat now. At least I just did something. But for the most part, man, even when I'm not inspired in that sense, I like to study. Like, I would just go and look at old sets or, you know, go through lists of like... Oh, study yourself. You know, study other musicians or, Mm -hmm. you know, now reading, reading has become a big thing. You know, so, you know, reading and shit. I mean, audio, a lot of audio books and shit, too. What type? Uh, more so, I've been, um. now I've been reading like this Greek mythology book. You
0: <laughs> <laughs> were saying he wants to read books on ghosts? You got the Greek mythology? Yeah, the Greek
1: mythology <laughs> shit. and But now I've been, a lot of creative, like, um, creative writing books and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. Even comedy books and shit. You
0: know? Yeah. Who are your favorite comedians right now?
1: Um, Ali Sadiq. He's incredible. He's my favorite. But I've been watching a lot of
0: Mitch Hedberg lately. That's so crazy that, like, everything he'll ever put out was in, like, a short period of time and it's out. Like, Mm -hmm. he's so incredible and nothing new will ever be. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's albums that he's sitting on. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it' been but Ali Sadiq is my favorite. You you had me watch that one special that he did. We watched. Yeah, the he got a new one He did a new one. Oh really? Yeah, part it's two of that. He's the best storyteller. Yeah. I mean,
1: cause it's coming from a real place. It's the
0: truth, you
1: know. Mhm. So when you can find comedy, the new one though is real emotional though. He actually cries in it too. Really? Yeah, that's what I like. Too though, because it's like, yeah, we're watching stand up and this motherfucker's telling the deepest story. You know what I'm saying? Like emotional shit. So it takes you on that roller coaster, you know? I don't think too many comedians are doing that. Well, it's
0: like music. You don't want an album with just turn up songs the whole time.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, the new the new set is the new set is better than the first one. Do you uh how much music do you have like tucked? Do you sit on a lot? No. Nah.
1: Not necessarily. I mean, I'm pretty sure. You know, if you can go through the archives and shit, you can find a lot of shit that I didn't put out. But the shit didn't get put out for a reason. But sometimes that's not necessarily true. Sometimes, cause with my albums, I'm always going for some cohesion in some sense, and maybe that just didn't fit the album, you know. And it could still be a dope ass song. But like I say, I when I make shit, I just move on to the next, so I forget about it. Yeah. Like and like even for this album, I'm I'm probably made about forty songs, fifty songs.
0: For the the one coming out, yeah, and it's only we only use twelve, you know, only twelve tracks. Yeah, damn. Anybody else on it, or is it just you?
1: Um, Mike, Mike is on it. Um, Woof is on it. Thanksgiving. Woof is on it. Um, Casas on it.
0: I can't wait to hear that. Do you have a plan for it? I mean, right now
1: we're doing everything now.
0: Oh, really? I already shot the
1: album cover, everything.
0: Everything's done. How long has it been done for? Um, it's,
1: I mean, it's still new. <laughs> yeah. In that sense, because even, you know, when I first finished it, compared to where it's at now, that shit was like demos. I mean, working with Q-Tip, you just taught me a lot about doing post shit. So, like, a lot of the songs that I created, they're not the songs that are coming out. I mean lyrics, it's the same lyrics and shit, but it it went through so many different turns and twists and changes that it's you know, became his own thing, you know. It's dope. This is a dumb question, but like how? I mean just by just doing posts, like doing a lot of post recording, like adding different instruments, changing shit, just exploring all the options of a song, instead mm-hmm. of just rapping to a beat and be like this the song. Now You know, swapping out drums here, maybe bringing in somebody to add some sims, this and that. Mixing it a hundred different times, figuring out what mix we're going to go with, you know.
0: When do you know it's done? I never
1: know when it's done in that sense. Because sometimes you can overwork it. But for the most part, like my team around me, when everybody's, you know, because I respect everybody's opinions. Yeah. So when everybody's happy with the product, then that's when it's done.
0: So, so you it's not even on
1: me. To me, I'm, I still feel like I'm just a songwriter in it. At the end of the day, there's a lot of shit that I don't know. So I still take everything in a, with a grain of salt because I'm still learning. I don't know shit about mixing records and shit like that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. You just, As you said, you were like the kid who you didn't even know how to rap. You mm-hmm. just did it. Yeah. Do you feel like you're not in control of that, of your creativity? What do you mean? Like, do you feel like your creativity is in control? Like, your art is in control and you're like the vessel to create it. You don't. I mean,
1: sometimes I can go overboard and you need that person to dial it back mm-hmm. or, you know. And I think that's probably the most part. Yeah. To get everybody on the same wavelength,
0: you know. And you keep a good team. Like, it's really cool to hear that he's DJed every one of your shows. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Sky.
1: Because even um, just for me, like, I've listened to my musical ear. is going to be totally different than a 20-year-old kid you know like it's almost like with food you might didn't like fucking broccoli as a kid and you grew up you're like oh broccoli's amazing so i like broccoli now but so i gotta dial it back at least put some seasoning on the broccoli because <laughs> then it would just be music nerds like me that would just listen to my shit you know yeah so now i mean still keep that shit with it and still have it you know on some music nerd shit but still just make it a little more accessible so people can still enjoy it. Because to me, like I say, I'm more so concerned with the actual just writing than the lyric part. The production and shit, I pick. And sometimes, you know, this is off the walls. Probably could be a little out there. And then we just try to just find that even ground, that common ground, you know?
0: Yeah, but I feel like you're- And that's, it's still
1: crazy as fuck when it comes out. It's still not what I'm, everything I'm saying is still a normal person hear that shit. Gonna still be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That shit's still weird as fuck. But to
0: you, you'd want it to even turn it up crazier you'd want to make your albums even wilder.
1: No, I wouldn't, I do. Like I'm saying, everything, I'm I'm happy with the way but everything you, comes up.
0: But you want to also make it accessible.
1: I wouldn't even say accessible, because it's not like I'm reaching to sell records. I'm just saying, just make it, because like I said, I don't know about the mixing part. You know, I don't know how to make it sound good. Just to make it sound good, it, to me, that shit would be fucking lo-fi as fuck if it was up to me, you
0: know what I'm saying? But some shit sounds good bad. Yeah, you know? I agree. Like, even just quality-wise, or just, like, shitty, like, we were talking about that dude, You Know Miles. But even just that, I just want everybody
1: to be comfortable and confident in it. So, like I say, what I like, you know, my manager might not like, the label might not like, so, and we all could just
0: agree on a common ground, and I'm happy with that. Have you ever made a project that was just you, balls to the wall? Atrocity exhibition. That was yours free, yeah. free spirit.
1: Yeah, I, nobody really had nothing to do with that. I mean, besides the And that's one. an incredible album. Yeah. But after that, you know, I mean, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? was Q-Tip. And then this one, it was we brought in a lot of different people to help out. Would you say this one's more accessible? No. Nah, I wouldn't. Then you know what I'm No. I would say. I would say it's kind of every album, I learn something or I, I, I look at it like opening up a new door for creative shit. I would say it's kind of got everything that I've learned in the past 10 years wrapped into one project. How many more do you think you have under your belt? Albums? Yeah. How many more albums do I got? Uh-huh. till I die.
0: I don't know if you're on some Tarantino shit, no. like you're doing 10 and you're out. No, they do not know me.
1: This ain't know me. This is a God-given talent, so it's when God says it's done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't own it. I'm just a vessel,
0: you know? And you're trying to prolong it now. You care about yourself. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can rap older now. Yeah, I mean. Like, that's the thing. Like, people don't.
1: Like I say, it's not it's not, it's not, my call. Yeah. Once you start feeling like it's you and it's your call, that's when shit get whacked, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I give it up to the higher power in that sense, because half the shit I don't even know how I create. It, come, it came from somewhere, so it wasn't me. Where do you think it comes I from? I just put myself in the position. Like I say, it's a higher power. But what, what do you think that higher power is? I don't know, man. The ones that came before me that ain't here no more <laughs> type shit, you know?
0: Yeah. Living through me or something. I don't know. Do you think the alien shit's going to affect how people see religion? I have no idea, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, I though? Know. Like, there, all these alien shit's coming out now. Like, that isn't affected. Like, that affects how you see higher powers, definitely. I guess. You know? I mean, I don't even put that much time into alien shit, but I, I worry about the Christians. They're going to freak the fuck out. <laughs> They're going to start the Crusades Part 2 when the, mm-hmm. when the aliens touch down. Yeah. But no, I don't know where ideas come from, but it is weird to think about that. That's what I was talking about as you as a vessel. Mm-hmm. That voice in your head. That voice you in know. your head, yeah. And you don't know what's gonna happen, when. Like, I hope you don't mind me making you tell the fucking Griselda story. What about it? About show bringing them to Detroit, and they they were they got found late. They're in their forties, you to know. Detroit. Didn't you play them for? Benny said, Benny told me that you were the one who played him for Rosenberg. I mean, I I was just talking about them a lot on Twitter, mm. I and mean, they would
1: always just see my tweets and shit, and you know, check out what I've recommended type shit. But I didn't play it for them.
0: Oh, really? Benny was, Benny like attest that you were the one that like helped put them on. I
1: mean, I I I think I was like one of the first people to be talking about them and shit online, like champion them. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I didn't play it. They did. They went on their own and seek,
0: seeked it out. You are good at, like, every artist that I feel like you promote musically blows up or gets big. I feel like you have a good ear for Mm -hmm. what's the next sound, which is funny that you're saying your shit that you would make is just, like, music file nerd shit, you know? No, but
1: like I say, but I still like original shit, you know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. I like people that's, you could tell that's them. They're not trying to. I mean you could tell you know they're not doing it for you know
0: anyone else
1: I mean they just not you could just tell people that and I love people that love music and like with Griselda I can tell they love music you know hmm they love rap they love this shit you know so that that's going to show in your music that's gonna bleed through in your
0: music type shit yeah you can't fake authenticity
1: yeah but I was telling, I, I, I don't know though, I was telling people about him a lot. Like I'd be around like, I remember always was Elliot Wilson. Every time I see him, I'd be like, why the fuck y'all ain't talking about Griselda? Like y'all talk, always talking about how New York rap and this and that, and y'all. But y'all ain't championing him. So it's good to see that, you know, people have taken notice and, and you know, giving them their props and shit now.
0: Well, it's like Certified Trapper signing to the hip hop lab. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a Detroit guy, you know? Yeah. I know you didn't directly do it, but you were a person in Detroit that spoke very highly of him, and then he signed to a Detroit label.
1: They got to start giving me my percentages, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need my finder fees, man.
0: That's what I'm saying. Your podcast is like on some I'm going to start having to get finder fees, man. Get <laughs> 5% on artists. Now that's why, I don't,
1: that's why I don't really talk about artists and shit no more, though. Mm. I, I don't really, you know,
0: I keep yeah. it to myself. Now I'm gatekeeping. <laughs> i will have to start gatekeeping. You said you're going forever with music. What's your future at the podcast? What do you want to do with that?
1: Um, I'm just having fun with that for the most part. It's still, but you know, it feels like work. How did that come? How did that come about? Um, just being on. I, I was on your mom's house a few times, and I guess just you know, I was just so into that world. You know, a lot of the fan base and shit. Well, you know, tell time. You know, want me on again and shit. And Tom just always was like, man, if you ever do a podcast, man, you should should do a podcast. Every time I talk to Tom, he's always like, you should do a podcast. And I was just like, man, I'd do one if I did it with you, you know. If you produced it, I'd do it with you. And then it just, you know, like everybody, just the stars aligned. He was, at the time, I was, you know, I was looking to get out of Detroit. And then we was talking, and he was like, I'm moving to Austin. And I was going to Austin, like, every month at that time. So I was like, fuck it. I'm moving Austin too, you know? So there we go. That's how it happened. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do like Austin. I went down there and did hella comedy shows, and mm-hmm. that shit's crazy. It
1: work, and it it's just a great vibe. It's healthier for me, mentally
0: and physically. But anyway, I really do appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. I learned to play drums to thirty. Like I made (laughs) I brought I made my teacher my drum teacher write out the music and the beats and I learned to play drums to that That shit. So it's a real honor for real. Dope, dope. Thank you, man, and thanks everyone listening. (laughs) Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs>